Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening from. My name is GP, and this is How Do You Loop? Welcome to episode four, and this episode is my experience with my first gig with the Boss RC600 Loop Station. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at DistroKid. If you've got songs, EPs, or even albums, and you want to get them out there in the world, then DistroKid can help. DistroKid is a music distribution company. You upload your songs to them, and they push it out to all the online stores and music streaming sites around the world. Places like Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Deezer, TikTok, Tidal, Facebook, Instagram, and wherever music can be heard. Now, most music distributors charge you per release, but DistroKid have a different model, and they charge you one price per year, which starts at $19.99. The reason I say it starts is because they have different tiers. For example, they have Musicians Plus if you're in two bands, or you want to schedule the release, or even if you're managing an entire label, they have a tier for that as well. And with the link that's in the show notes, which is districtkid.com forward slash VIP forward slash John Paul Music UK, I can help you save 7% off your first annual membership with DistroKid, no matter which tier you choose. Your music is yours and you keep 100% of the rights, but DistroKid can work for you with promotional tools as well as scheduling releases and much, much more. Have a look in the show notes and click the link. That helps me out as well, but at no additional cost to you. In fact, I'm going to be saving you 7% off the normal price. Thank you very much to DistroKid for sponsoring this podcast. Now, if you're not familiar with myself looping, I've been looping for over 15 years and I've been playing pubs, clubs and venues with loop pedals of all different makes, models, shapes, sizes and kinds. Now, for the past couple of years, I was using the Boss RC300 and then moved over to the Headrush Looper Board, which is a four-track looper with built-in effects. Now, the Looper Board is awesome, but it is very heavy. It does have an amazing touchscreen on board. Basically, the Headrush Looper Board is a quad-core computer built into a metal chassis pedal. You've got four loops, and you've got an unlimited overdubs, of course. Now, it is very good, but it is also very heavy, so I also have an effects process as well, which is the TC Helicon Voice Life Play Acoustic, and I've got a little pedal to switch things, and I've also got an expression pedal. So as you can imagine, I ended up with quite a huge pedal board uh, to carry all this stuff. And the pedal board I've got is a Swan Flight pedal board, but it's a meter long It's a meter-long, heavy, aluminium, full, hardback case paddleboard that you could go touring with. Now, carrying that to a local open mic night looks ridiculous, and also carrying it even just to a local bar where I'm playing covers for two or three hours, also, it's quite a big piece of kit. Now, at the end of 2021, Boss announced the RC600 Loop Station, and I've been very fortunate to have one quite early on. It's got six tracks. It hasn't got a big screen, but it also hasn't got a touchscreen either. Um, But what it does gain is it's 32-bit floating audio, so the quality of the audio is much better. It's built like a tank, and it has loads of effects that are really, really usable for me. While I'm gigging, I mainly play guitar and sing, and I'll add loads of harmony effects as well, so I don't just loop my guitar, I loop my vocals also. Now, this looper combined with the Boss 505 Mark II has been highly anticipated. I think the Boss RC600 has been more anticipated because the only flagship prior to that for Boss was the 300, and that came out in 2011, so it literally has been 10 years. So a lot of anticipation for the Boss RC600. So obviously being able to have six loops at your feet is fantastic. With basically having the same brain as the 505 Mark II, you've got all the same effects. You've got uh, scattering, you've got low-pass filters, high-pass filters, you've got amps in there now as well. There are vocoders, there's all kinds in there, and they are awesome. So setting up the Boss RC600, I'm not going to lie, as a loop artist, I was A, excited, but actually B, I was a little bit nervous. 
It's got some main advantages with it. So, of course, the upgrade on the 300, there's actually two mic inputs. Now, the Headrush Looper board actually had combi jacks. It's got four combi jacks on board, so it's XLR and jacks, so it didn't matter really what you plugged in. Uh, but with the RC600, it's got two XLRs, and it's got four jack, quarter-inch jack inputs. So technically, you can plug up to six different things if you went completely mono with everything. Now, the big thing for me as well is I plug my guitar and my microphone into the TC Helicon Voice Live Play acoustic. And the out of that is both XLR. It's XLR for the vocal, but it's also XLR for the guitar. Now, you can do one of three things. You can either have it in just split monos. You can either have it in stereo. Or you can have it into a dual DI mode. So what it does is it basically DIs both the vocal and the guitar out separately into separate mono feeds. So I've got a cable that's XLR to jack for the guitar, but actually what I've done with the Boss RC600 is I've plugged the guitar into microphone input number two. It doesn't actually matter because I can turn things like the noise suppressor that's on the RC600 antenna off for the guitar. I can even turn that off for the vocal if I want to. And just from the fact that we're going from XLR from the TC Helicon Voice Live Play Acoustic into the Boss RC600, it's just easy. Now, when they announced the Boss RC600 loop station, a lot of people were like, cool, it's got three modes, which means you've got nine buttons and then you've got these three modes. And you've got over 200 drum beats and more, and you can actually create your own with a piece of software, which is the rhythm converter. But the thing that people didn't get, and even I didn't get until I got my hands on one, is you can actually recustomize what is actually printed on the Boss RC600. That's my only kind of downside with the Boss RC600 is I kind of wish they didn't put what it says on the tin, as it were. Um, so it actually says, uh, if you look at the Boss RC600, it's like track one, two, three, and then you press a track select button and that goes to four, five, six, and then you hold the track select button down and it goes to effects and you've got track effects and input effects. Now there's actually more than it says on the tin and you can obviously rearrange that. And I've already seen people on Facebook groups and forums, you know, even like putting stickers on or putting little magnets on or just rewriting what's on the board for what they want. And that's fine. But what people didn't then realize is that you can actually do all of this per memory. What that means is it's got 99 memories and you could save completely different pedal combinations per memory if you wanted to. Or you could do it per system, which means that every button combination is the same per memory. Then on top of all of that, you've got 16 assigns, and these are assignable commands that you can either use for the buttons themselves, or you can use externally for things like MIDI controllers. Now, if you follow my YouTube channel, you'll notice that there are an absolute slew of videos, both shorts, long-form videos, and live streams, all about the Boss RC600, how to set it up, how to get it up and running, and loads of tips and tricks. And I think it's a fundamental shift. And the reason why I say that is because in the past, we've been given a loop paddle by a company. It doesn't matter who it is. And they've programmed it up to do certain things. So when you press a button, it does that job and that's it. This time around, though, it's almost like the buttons are blank and it's up to you what you do with those buttons. Now, even the Headrush Looper board started to do that and they changed it so on the top row you could actually have effects as opposed to being the uh, stop clear buttons. Um, but it's amazing because what this means is you've got nine buttons with three modes. That basically makes it 27 buttons. Imagine them being 27 blank buttons. 
So how do you want your looper to be? Do you want the three loops on the first mode and then the other three loops on the second mode? Or do you want all six loops on the first mode, a load of effects on the second mode, and a load of controls, assigns on the third mode? Do you want an assign as the same button as an effect? You can do all of this, and it's really, really clever. Now that's me talking just in the studio, basically saying at home, being a hobbyist, and that's all cool. I can mess around with it, I can just fiddle with it, and that's really, really nice. But for the working musician, you need to get this thing up and running kind of pretty quickly. And also you need to decide pretty quickly how you're going to be doing it because also there's another thing which we've not talked about, which is muscle memory. If you're two or three hours into a gig and you press the wrong button because you thought it was in the wrong place, that could spell disaster for that song or it could ruin your performance. So I do want to have all the settings per memory so I can do different things at different times. But for live gigging and actually playing live just for the first gig, what I did was I set up a patch which was called 001. It was the first memory. And I set it up pretty much so I could play every song with that memory. It's probably a little bit more work. I could actually set different things up for each song and it'd be a lot easier. But also I do like to chop and change the set list depending on I feed a lot off the audience. So if the audience are rocking, then let's play more you know dancey tunes to get them up and dancing if they're not feeling it let's switch it up if they're obviously it's chilled out let's you know tone it down so it depends on the set list i write a set list out but then um you, my wife will tell you and friends who come and see me regularly i very rarely stick to it because it, i totally feed off the audience so I need a patch or a memory that basically can fit all and suit most songs. So I've got it down that memory one is my kind of play all, play any gig patch. I do have on memory two a single mode where it basically means that you can play like a verse, then a chorus, then a bridge. But what I've done, which I explained in one of my videos, is that the first two buttons are actually uh, loop one and two. They're in multi-mode. Buttons three, four, five, and six are actually the single modes. This means I can have two rhythms, and I don't predominantly use the rhythm section of the loopers. I have never really have because I've not really thought they'd be good enough. I'm going to look at changing that, though, because the Boss RC600 rhythm section is great, and I can even make my own. So back to memory 001. So on mode 1, I've got it as it says on the tin. I've actually got it as loop 1, stop, loop 2, stop, and loop 3, stop. Then I've got track select, and then on mode one, I've actually got it changed over. So on the very first mode, on button number eight, where you would normally see undo, redo, I've changed that over to be one of my effects, and that's a guitar to bass effect. That way, I can actually access it really, really quickly without having to just you know, start pedal dancing and move it across from one mode to another. I haven't changed pedal seven, which is track select, and I haven't changed pedal nine, which is start, stop all. On mode two, it's a similar thing. So I've actually got loops four, five, and six, and then I've got track select on pedal seven. And then on pedal eight, I've actually got rhythm start, stop, just in case I do want to start using the rhythm. And I've picked a kind of generic rock rhythm that I use uh, with, I think it's beat number one. And it's got two variants on it, which is variant A and variant C, I think, or variant A and variant B. And then on pedal nine on mode two, I've actually changed that. So instead of being start, stop all, it literally is clear all loops. So I have to be really careful. And I, obviously, if I press the wrong button, I could delete it all. But again, that's down to me and down to my own responsibility. 
Now, the new thing with the Boss RC600 is actually memorizing colors. So I had to think about the colors because the colors determine which mode you're on. So if you have a look at pedal number seven, if you're looking at one maybe on the internet or if you've got one, then track select on mode one is white and then it goes to red and then it goes to blue. So white is mode one, red is mode two, and blue is mode three. And I've had to try and memorize that and ingrain that into my brain. So as you glance down whilst you're got half a second to try and figure something out you know exactly which mode you're on and it's a good reference the one thing that I absolutely love about the RC600 is that big circular orb. It's fantastic to actually see where you are in the loop, um, and also, of course, it flashes the time. I actually haven't changed it uh, from the way it is uh, from factory. I think it's fantastic the way it is. I think it obviously with it, the outer circle going around to show you the length of the loop that you're on, and also at the same time, it's showing you the BPM. I just like that the way it is. With the actual LCD, I actually changed that over to the third one along. So it shows you all the loops going around. You see these tiny little circles. And actually, even though they're tiny, I can actually see it no problem. I saw it from when I was playing on stage. I can see it when I'm playing at home. It's fine. It works. It's really, really useful. Hang on a sec. Taking a sip of tea. Now, going over to the effects, like most loop artists, I also have external effects, which are coming in from the TC Helicon Voice Live Play Acoustic. Now, I've been using that thing for years, and it's like the furniture. It comes with me. I've had loads of TC Helicon products in the past, and all the purchases have always been predominantly because of vocal effects or harmonies. I used to use the Voice Live Touch 2 for ages. Love that ribbon that's on there. I really wish they brought a third one out. But the Voice Live Play acoustic seems to settle well. I did have the Voice Live 3 and the Voice Live 3 Extreme at one point, uh, but it's just too big combined with a looper as well. Um, so the Voice Live Play acoustic has sort of two voices uh, for harmony, and that's enough for me. So I think I've got around about 14 different effects that I use in a gig with the Voice Live Play acoustic, like throughout the, all the different songs. So I've got radio effects, I've got bass effects, I've got high note effects, I've got flange effects. I've got a really long reverb, which is cool because it sounds like you're in a church and you're creating like a choir. And most importantly, of course, there's harmony effects. Now, the RC600 does have harmony effects, but you need to use either MIDI or you need to set the key. The one with the TC Helicon is like the Boss VE500. You plug your guitar in, you play the chord, it recognizes the chord, and then it adjusts the harmony accordingly. <laughs> accordingly. Pun not intended, but that was quite nice. So it's always going to be that I'm not going to just plug directly into the RC600. I'm going to plug into my effects first, and then that's going to go into the 600. Now, that means that all those effects are kind of coming in almost like input effects. They're not effects that I can take off later. They're going to be burnt into the recording, and they are permanent. But on top of that, there are some amazing effects on the RC600. And there may be potentially one or two effects that I could use on the 600 that I don't have to use on the TC Helicon. I would like to just use the 600, but there's one or two effects that you just can't get. But apart from all the other effects, the big one for me is the auto harmony detection. So I did change the input effects. Now, there are four banks of input effects. So technically, you could build up 16 in a memory and then move up and down banks. But I only use four for now. I may use more later on. I probably will use more later on. But I need to find a way to actually navigate through them quickly. So the way I wanted it, I set it up so effect number one is a low-pass filter. And that's actually going through both the guitar and for the vocal. I've set it that way. So if I want to create something a bit funky, I've done stuff before. If you have a look at the YouTube channel, I actually did um, a different one where I used for Mad World, Tears for Fears cover. I actually used the kazoo with the low-pass filter, which is quite unique. Uh, but you can use it for a couple of different things. It's quite nice to put a little bed down for it going wah, 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 wah. It sounds a little bit like a wah, uh, but it's a little bit low 
lower in the range as well. So it doesn't mess with any kind of vocal harmonies or it doesn't mess with any ranges either. In part effect number two is actually guitar to bass. And I'm still tweaking this at the moment. It's okay, it's quite loud, it's quite muddy. Um, so I wanna be able to tweak it so it sounds a little bit more human. And when I say human, it's because I actually use guitar to bass on my vocals. I don't play a bass line with my acoustic guitar. I actually sing it. And I prefer that because you get a little bit more of a different tone. It's just the way I do it. I've always done it that way. And also it means that I can play or sing a bass line really really quickly now input effect number three is a brand new one for me which is a slicer so as i'm actually singing it goes da, 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 and it cuts up my vocals or cuts up the guitar i'm finding it real fun and i really really enjoy it certainly when i create a harmony or if i've got like a three-part harmony you can actually have it cutting in and i'm going to bring it a little bit further down in the mix i'm actually going to reduce the volume of it a little bit because when i played it live it was a little bit loud but it's it's fantastic it's real good fun uh and People are like, oh, that sounds like a human, but it sounds robotic. It sounds different and it's cool. I quite like that. And then the fourth input effect I decided on was a large reverb. And that is one that I am actually probably going to replace on the uh, TC Helicon. So I don't use the TC Helicon for the large reverb anymore. I've got it on the RC600. Track effects obviously affect the track and of course you can turn them on and off uh, and it will affect the track afterwards so it doesn't actually burn in. So on track effect one I've actually got a beat repeater which again a little bit of fun. It can only be used on certain tracks depends on what you're playing. Um, good for things like Daft Punk, good for things like electronic music or good for things like even Ed Sheeran songs just to mess it up a bit and just mess with the audience a little bit, mess with their brains a little bit. On track effects number two, I've actually got a reverse. And again, it's just something that you can mess with. Just something, obviously, it's a little bit like DJing, a little bit like at a DJ effect um, on like GarageBand or something. You know, it's just something to add on um, that you can reverse stuff. Of course, you could play a track and reverse it and you could assign it to a specific track. I've got it obviously assigned to all just to really mess with stuff. Um, I could even do it where it's not having it on track number one or loop number one, and then it, but it's messing everything else. The reason I would do that is because loop number one for me predominantly is drums. Uh, it's always some kind of beat or drums. So therefore, I could keep the drums going and then everything else could be reversed, for example. Or I could reverse the drums. You never know. The third track effects is a flange and it really, really sweeps the EQ range, which is nice, uh, but it can get quite loud. So again, I'm just going to have to pull that back in the mix. And then the fourth track effect, similar to the fourth input effect, is a reverb, but it's actually a reverse reverb. Really cool for a Phil Collins song if you want to hear a reverse drum beat, uh, but really, really useful as well. Um, again, you could assign that to a track, but I've actually got it assigned to all tracks. The last part is how I output. So for this gig that I did, it was just a stereo output. I just went basically main out, left and right. I didn't do any routing whatsoever. And then the only other thing I did as well is I've got the Boss FS7 pedal, which is a two-step pedal basically that you can plug into the back. All that was doing was, I just for this one gig, I assigned that so it would go memory up and memory down. So when I finished, uh, I could actually go memory up if I wanted to go to a different memory, or if I just wanted to really quickly erase something, to do the old trick on Boss pedals where you go memory up, memory down, and you go back to the same memory and it's wiped it out. The last thing plugged in was the expression pedal. And the expression pedal, I've said before in a lot of my videos, 
where I have assigned it to the volume of the loops only. So it's not assigned to the volume of my guitar or any inputs. It's only assigned to the volume of the loops. And also it's assigned to a maximum volume of 95%. So all the loops are assigned to 95%. They're not assigned to 100 or above because that way the loops are never uh, louder than myself. And that's really useful for cutting through. Certainly if you've got loads of overdubs and you have got like, you know, six harmonies or something going, they're still lower than your main vocal. So if you then want to cut above, it's really, really handy for that as well. So the output going out to my uh, Mackie Reach speaker, it's a discontinued speaker now, but it's a lovely speaker, I love it, I think it's good. Uh, it's a single speaker, so I don't have to carry two speakers around, but it gives a really nice throw. And it's great for sort of like small pubs or medium-sized places, obviously anywhere larger I'd be getting more gear, but for like local pubs, local bars, a cafe, somewhere like that, this speaker is more than enough capable uh, of delivering enough power. And for those of you who are familiar enough with what I do, or for not, I actually play with two guitars. One is normal tuned and the other one is in dadgad. So with everything on the pedal board, which again is a meter long pedal board, I did use the same pedal board, but it was a little bit lighter because obviously the RC600 is lighter, way lighter than the uh, Headrush Looper board. We set off and we went over to our local pub where I was playing on Friday night. It was the day after uh, St. Patrick's, so I didn't have to play any Irish tunes, uh, which I didn't know. <laughs> so that was really, really handy. And we set up and that was all good. Of course, you've got the normal sort of pub crowd uh, on a Friday night, which is always fun. And in that kind of environment, I'm playing predominantly covers. I'll drop my own song in just for fun, but I'm predominantly playing covers in that gig. And I'm, you know, playing in the corner of the pub, but actually I'm the kind of person that I don't want to just be quiet in the corner I want people to actually watch me and you are the main source of entertainment for that kind of venue so I do crank the PA up a little bit and obviously you get people dancing which is always good and once we were all set up and the pedal itself was actually rocking away it was actually flawless now there's a little caveat with that and one of the reasons I think it was flawless is because there's a setting on the RC600 which is called quantize now it's off by standard and it's just buried in the menus so I always encourage people just to turn quantize off even if you're doing loop sync or loop sync on loop sync off just turn quantize on and it'll quantize it to the nearest measure. What that also means is as well, if you have loop sync off and you have quantize off and you don't hit the button exactly right, it'll start shifting out of phase. So you'll actually have loops kind of going out of phase with each other. But the gig went kind of really, really well. Uh, the only mistakes that happened were basically human error. One thing I found is when I had the bass uh, right next door to the start stop, I've got little pedal toppers on the buttons to give me more scope for hitting the button. And twice, I think, in the gig, I hit the start stop for a second and then hit it again to bring the, everything back in for the chorus. And then at the same time, I hit the bass. But it was a split second. And the thing is, because it's a um, effect that obviously it was only affecting the input, all the normal loops sounded fine. It was just basically I'd sing and then you suddenly get me an octave lower for a split second. And I'd be like, oh, and I have to turn that off again. Um, so that was fine and it all went okay the quality of the audio though in a pub was sounded fantastic because it's 32-bit floating and also that's really important when you do overdubs as well so when you're doing overdubs and you do many overdubs you get a little bit of degradation in the audio it gets compressed a little bit um, certainly if it's 16-bit or even 24-bit but when you get to 32-bit floating there's no compression at all it just keeps going and the quality I did a song which is called um, One Day Like This 
bass by elbow and i sing the harmonies um and i had add harmonies from the tc helicon and i overdub it a few times so you end up with something like 12 voices um all singing the chorus the end part of it um and all in different harmonies and it sounded fantastic I had people swaying their hands because it's a great song to sing to and it's kind of well known in the uk and it's just it just sounded fabulous so i'm really really happy with the audio quality there's no complaints there at all and i think 32-bit floating is going to change the game for a lot of people the other thing as well in that gig is obviously where you position your board. Now, of course, I always put the looper right right straight center, and I've only got really one other pedal to play with, which is the TC Helicon, and then I've got the uh, expression pedal to my right as I look at it. So, or so I use it with my right foot. Now, there's a couple of cool things I really, really liked about it. Again, the orb was really, really useful, just knowing where you are in a loop. And also, just for the BPM, even if I wasn't using the rhythm, the BPM indicator actually just gave me a little bit of a guide. Even if I was just using my guitar to go, you know, just it would pick up kind of like the sense of the beat, which is fantastic. And I do have loop sync on, I do have quantize on, so that really, really helps. You could press the button just before the beat or just after the beat, and it kind of shifts it in so it knows that you meant oh you mean that the bar one beat one here so that thing really really helps me and it really really helps when you're playing live so i'm only using one memory so of course i'm not using multiple memories i'm not using backing tracks and i'm not using the rhythm section of the rc600 either Apart from the effects, I'm pretty much using it like an RC300. I've kind of gone back to that way of using it. But the RC600 for me is a little bit like an open book. It's also in its first iteration of its software. And I know there's a couple of people who've been having some issues with timings. And also there are one or two bugs. So there is a bug that's being addressed by Boss directly, which is when you're in single mode, you use track two and three, and it kind of adds a bar uh, and that should, by the time this recording comes out, be fixed uh, because they've already announced the firmware update and they've said that that is one of the things they're addressing. One of the other things that's coming in the firmware update is actually bringing back the old effects of the Boss RC300, which I thought was quite nice. Let's just see what they're like with 32-bit floating. It'd be quite nice to see if you can get more control out of them. The other effect I really, really want to tweak and get right is the guitar to bass. Now, the guitar to bass on a guitar can sound a little bit warbly, if I'm honest, uh, depending on what guitar you're using and also depending on what strings you're using. I think if you're using an electronic guitar, you get a little bit of a better sound. But for an acoustic guitar, of course, it depends also the tuning, the strings, but you kind of get a little bit of a warbly sound. And I just want to make sure I can tweak that and get a good bass sound. Now, I'm going to be using my voice predominantly because uh, the sound that I've got on the TC Helicon is pretty dialed in uh, and is lovingly called Barry White. So it sounds like a deep speaking voice as opposed to a guitar bass. But what does the future of the Boss RC600 look like? Well, it looks pretty bright at the moment. We're still in version one of the software, and of course that is being sort of ironed out, and people are requesting a couple of things. My main request would be auto harmony control. So you plug in the guitar, you play a G, it knows it's a G, and then it auto harmony corrects it. Just like the Boss VE500 or the TC Helicon Voice Live Play Acoustic or any of the TC Helicons that have that kind of harmony feature. I think that'll be a massive, massive win to integrate the VE500 settings into the RC600. 
You'll have a lot of happy customers if they do that. Boss, if you're listening, please do that. That'd be really, really good. And then the other thing for me is expanding upon the effects themselves. So you've got four banks of effects. I'm only using bank one, and I need to look at using banks two, three, and four. Finally, the other thing I want to dive into is using more of the rhythm section and being able to be confident in that. And I found a way to actually change the variation depending on what you're doing. So if you're in single mode, you're on a verse, you could have one variation. And then by using one of the assigns, you can assign it. So then when you're in the chorus, it changes over to a different variation. So instead of having to pedal dance and press a different button to change the variation manually, you could just press the next section of the song and it does it automatically with a nice little fill in as well, which is cool. Like most of you, my journey with the RC600 has only just begun, and I'll be reporting back later in the year to let you know how it's going. So on this podcast, which is How Do You Loop, we're going to be talking predominantly about loopers. So we've had a couple of interviews from some people. We're going to be doing some more interviews that are coming. And of course, I'm going to be talking to you more casually about my experiences with loopers, whether that's tabletop loopers, floor-based loopers, or loopers that you have on an iPad, whether that's Loopy HD, whether it's Quanta Loop, whether it's Group the Loop, whether it's looping with Ableton, and lots more to come. As most podcasters would say, if you have found the content of this podcast useful, I normally say video, so that's really, really fluxed me. So let's try that again, shall we? If you are finding value from this podcast, then please give it a review. Giving it a review on things like Apple Podcasts really boosts it and also sends it out to more people as well or recommends it to more people who might find it interesting. Consider subscribing to the podcast and then you'll know when the next episode goes live. And if you haven't already, have a look at my YouTube channel, which is John Paul Music UK, for loads of tips and tricks on looping and live streaming as well. And don't forget to check out DistroKid and click the link that's in the show notes to save yourself 7% off your first annual membership with them if you're looking to release any music this year. Thank you very much for listening to me. Carry on creating, carry on looping. And if you want to have a listen to some of the previous episodes, there's some fantastic interviews, including David Shannon, Ben Rollins, and Mr. Carl Wachner. Join us next time for another episode on How Do You Loop? <laughs>